We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It might be a little early for it, but I think we're at the point in the season where you either know your team's a contender or you know your team is not a contender and you want to look ahead to this offseason. So I want to talk a little bit about some of the free agents uh, that are upcoming in 2022 for the NBA and where I think they're going to end up going. Is this a great free agency class? Not really. It's not bad, uh, but there aren't any real superstars. But there's enough guys to make it interesting. I think there's enough exciting moves. The one thing I'll say before I get started, though, is that if I was going for the best odds of where each player would go, I'd probably just say that all of them would stay. And it's most likely that all of these guys just resign with their current team. But I'm not going to do that with everyone because that'd be boring. So let's get into it. Starting off with a guy who kind of has maybe the most exciting free agency uh, coming up here, DeAndre Ayton, because of all the contract stuff that you've had to hear about him and, you know, the Suns don't want to give him the max, but he reasonably wants the max, I think. Uh, and I think if the Suns go and win the finals, like they're going to pony up and pay him, right? And I think that's probably the right move. And if I was a Suns, that's what I would do, uh, unless I got something really crazy great back in a sign and trade. But that being said, uh, the Suns have been really good uh, with, you know, JaVel McGee and Jalen Smith, and those guys have shown some potential. And granted, uh, I know Jalen Smith's a free agent after this season, too. So you can make an argument for their resources are better spent elsewhere. And you also have to keep in mind that as a fan, like if you're a fan of the Phoenix Suns, you don't care how much they go into the luxury tax. But the team does. The team doesn't have infinite money. And signing Aiton to a max with, you know, paying Chris Paul and paying Devin Booker and paying uh, Mikael Bridges, especially along with Cameron Johnson also being a free agent this year, means that the team can get insanely expensive, insanely quick. So my prediction is that if the Suns were going to just pay him, they maybe already would have done it. And if he does leave, I think he goes to the Portland Trailblazers. Now, the Trailblazers have had problems defensively for a long time, and they made a big point of making all these trades where they didn't get much back outside of expiring contracts for the sake of opening up money to have in free agency. And if I was them, I would want to try something different, and something different would be having a good interior defensive center, which is what they've been missing for a long time, and hopefully that makes their defense better and makes it easier to build around Damian Lillard. Plus, I feel like Portland isn't really the type of place to attract like the number one A1 superstars at a place like Los Angeles is. So DeAndre Ayton would not be a bad get for them and free agency. Plus, they have the money to easily pay him the max. I think they'd be willing to. And even if it doesn't work out with Damian Lillard, like let's say they go get Ayton and they run it back with Dame and it doesn't work out. 
Uh, DeAndre Ayton's young and he's a good player. So my pick for DeAndre Ayton is the Trailblazers if the Suns don't resign. Kyrie Irving. I think there's two distinct possibilities for Kyrie. Either he stays with the Nets or he retires. He's got a player option, so he's not even really a free agent. I guess if you don't want to look at it like that, like he could just accept his player option. And that's what I think will happen. But there is the outside chance that they retire. And the only way I see that happening is if the Nets are just a disaster in the playoffs. And even then, they'd still have the ammo to go make another move, I think. They'd have two first-round draft picks I got from the 76ers. I think he's back with the Nets. There's always the outside chance that he doesn't want to play. But I think the vaccine mandate could be done maybe by next season. So I, I I have a hard time seeing him wanting to go play with another team just because, you know, he made a big point to go and play with Kevin Durant. So unless Kevin Durant's leaving Brooklyn uh, or unless Brooklyn completely collapses, which I have a hard time seeing, I think Kyrie will be back with the Nets. Miles Bridges. Now, Miles Bridges has been getting a lot of hype because not only is he a star player, you know, he's like a borderline all-star, uh, but he's young and he's hitting free agency because the Hornets tried to lowball him last year. Uh, on a contract extension, he said no, rightfully so, and now he's due for a big payday. Probably the max are close to it. And as a Hornets fan, it's a little concerning because this team very much doesn't want to go into the luxury tax because they are a nine seed right now, and they were a nine seed the year before, and I'm pretty sure they were a nine seed the year before, and they may have been a nine seed the year before. But I think if it comes down to it, and your options are trade Gordon Hayward to make room for Miles Bridges or let Miles Bridges walk in free agency, I'm hoping they'll do the right thing and trade Gordon Hayward. Now, Gordon Hayward's been great for them when he's played, but he's been a little injury prone. I'm not exactly sure what they would get back for him, but it would more be just to move off the contract, which sucks. But you got to do what you got to do. You can't let Bridges walk because if you do that, then what's the timeline of that team? Because Gordon Hayward would be 33 and he's getting hurt all the time. Terry Rozier's 28, but then Lamelo's so young. So I think I think it's very easily in their best interest to re-sign him. They have restricted. He is a restricted free agent, so it's not like he can just leave for nothing. And it seems like he wants to be in Charlotte. It seems like he's having a good time in Charlotte. Not that I know Miles Bridges personally, and you know every single player who's ever lived is going to be like, yeah, I like it here, or yeah, I'm staying, even if they're not staying. Uh, but the team that scares me is the Pistons. With the Pistons, he's from Michigan. They're also a young team. They also have the money to go make a move like this. They also would be willing to give him the max. So if the Hornets don't move off Gordon Hayward and they aren't willing to go in the luxury tax and they lowball him again and his options are stay with Charlotte, which I really think he wants to do, but if his options are stay with Charlotte and take a pay cut or go to the Pistons, I'd go to the Pistons if I was him. And there's a lot of teams that could be after him. And we could be talking about Portland or any team that's trying to build. Or if a team wants to win now, he makes sense. If a team wants to build for the future, he makes sense. Um, And because of that, I think he will end up getting the max just because who wouldn't want him. But my prediction is that Charlotte does the right thing. Trades Gordon Hayward if they have to and keeps him. Colin Sexton. Now, Colin Sexton's an interesting one because the Cavs have been very reluctant to pay him. And I get why he doesn't. He's a good player. He can create his own shot, but he's undersized. The defense isn't there, and he's not a great playmaker. And while I still think he's a positive player, that can be a difficult player to work into an offense, work into a system to build around, especially when Garland's probably the stronger guard. And now you have Mobley and Levert and Allen, and you're paying a lot of guys. Where he ends up, I'm not sure. Again, he's a restricted free agent. There's a lot of teams that could want him, but there's also a lot of teams that have good guards. So I, I wonder if his options are maybe a little bit more limited uh, than some people some people think. 
Uh, that being said, though, if a team is in a rebuild and they want to go ahead and give him starter minutes, or if a team is maybe trying to be competitive now and wants him to be the sixth man off the bench and sort of lead the second unit, I could see that as well. I think the Thunder are a very likely possibility for him. They could maybe pay him what he wants and not feel too bad about it, but they like their flexibility with their cap space, so possibly not. I also could see him possibly taking a one-year prove-it deal with a lot of different teams instead of going after that big deal since he's coming off an injury. And since the number of teams that want him might be a little bit lower, he's a very good player. But predicting where he goes, I think, is is really tough. My, my gut tells me the Thunder makes sense. The Pistons would make sense, too. Uh, any of these young teams, I think, are going to be willing to take you know a shot on him with a decent contract. So my guess straight up for him would be the Thunder or the Cavs on a one-year deal. But I don't think Cleveland wants to commit to him long term. I don't think they like the fit with Garland. And obviously, with Garland being an all-star, that's who they're trying to build the offense around. So my prediction would be the Thunder. Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal's an interesting one. Um, I think he wants to leave. I think the Wizards, he doesn't really fit their timeline. But they've also waited too long to trade him. And now if he opts out of his player option, it's going to be a sign and trade. And uh, you just don't get back as much for a player when it's a sign and trade as when you do when you know it's a regular trade, right? But like it just doesn't make sense for the Wizards anymore. He doesn't fit their timeline. He wants to play for a winner. He can still get paid with another team. So where does he go? Uh, and it's the usual suspects. The Blazers have a ton of money, or they could have a ton of money. And I could see him doing that. Like you want a second option to put next to Dame, and I do think Bradley Beal's a pretty big upgrade versus. CJ McCollum, but I think they'll probably look at that as more of the same. Like that's not different enough from what they've tried so far. So maybe, maybe they don't. If the Cavs wanted to try to make a competitive offer for him, where it was like Levert and a bunch of their picks, uh, or, or guys to make the money work and a bunch of their picks to get a sign and trade going for him, that would be my favorite option. I don't know if I'm going to predict it, but I think that'd be the coolest thing they could do. But with Beal being sort of a shot-creating guard, maybe they don't really view him as a fit next to Garland because they really like Garland. And like I said earlier, they don't like Garland's fit next to Colin Sexton because he takes so many shots. So so maybe they wouldn't like that with Beal either, even though I think Beal's a better player. But there's a lot of other contending teams that could totally be in the mix for a sign-in trade. I mean, in the Heat, uh, even though they have James Harden, now the 76ers could try to move Tobias Harris plus picks for Beal. And I think that wouldn't be a terrible offer if you're the Wizards. You know, hell, even even I know this is going to sound stupid. Even the Lakers could try to say, here's Westbrook, who's an expiring contract after this season and two future picks that are going to be a lot. And, you know, maybe like Kendrick Nunn and a 2028 pick swap. And all of a sudden, you know, it's like it's not nothing, especially if feels like I want to go to L.A. That's the only place I want to go. OK, you can you can kind of make that work, right? But I don't know. I think the team that has consistently had ties to him, even though I don't really know if he fixes their problems, would be the Boston Celtics. I think that's the team I see being most aggressive to go get him just because of how often I've heard Beal to Celtics rumors. Again, Beal would have to want to go there. Beal would have to choose to sign there. But him and Tatum go way back, I think. So it's it's semi-realistic. And I think there's some moves there to make the money work. Because if you're the Celtics, you want to make a move where you don't give up Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum, but you feel like you significantly improve the team. You want to try everything you can without giving up one of those two guys before you then move on to that. And if you can go get Beal and a sign and trade for a couple firsts or whatever you have to give up, I think you'd do it. So my prediction for him is that he leaves, and I think a ton of teams could be in the running, but the Celtics have had the most rumors there, so I'll go with the Celtics. Zach Levine, I find it pretty hard to believe that Zach Levine is not going back to Chicago. 
They are in total win now mode. They're as competitive as they can possibly be. Levine is a huge part of what they do. I don't see why Levine wouldn't want to be there. I don't see why the Bulls wouldn't want to pay him a ton of money. There's a lot of other teams that would want to sign him. But unless something insane opens up or something crazy happens with the Bulls, uh, I think Levine will be back in Chicago. Jalen Brunson. With Brunson, I think the Mavs want to keep him, but they've also just traded for Dinwiddie, so I feel like if he does well for them, they're going to be okay with letting him go. Now, Brunson's certainly not a max player, right? So there is going to be kind of a, a bidding war with him, and I think if it came down to it, the Pistons would be willing to outbid the Mavericks for Jalen Brunson, and that's what I think will end up happening because I don't have them getting Miles Bridges, and I don't have them getting Colin Sexton. So I think the Pistons do go make a big splash signing, and since it's not one of those two other guys... I'm going to say that they pull it off with Brunson. The Mavs let him walk, um, and he's paired with Cade Cunningham. And then last guy, and this is kind of cheating because he's going to accept his player option almost certainly, but Russell Westbrook. Now, my prediction is not that he leaves in free agency, but he's technically a free agent. I am going to talk about him. I think he accepts his player option, and the Lakers trade him. I don't think he's as hard to trade as maybe people think. Now, it's difficult, but it's not impossible because – After this season, he's going to be an expiring contract. And yeah, it's $47 million. Yeah, it's a lot, but it's only for one season. Let's say you're a rebuilding team. And I say that you have to have a terrible cap situation for one season. And I'll give you the Lakers 2027 first and the Lakers 2029 first. I would take that. I know those picks are very far in the future, but you don't actually have to wait until 2027 and 2029 to use them because you can trade them. And they project to be pretty good, especially if they're unprotected, because the Lakers, you never know with them. They can always sign somebody, but you figure since they have no draft picks, they probably won't be too great then. So the question is, which team is willing to do that? Uh, There's the obvious John Wall rumors, but with John Wall, I don't think the Lakers want to give up a first, and I don't think the Rockets were willing to do it without a first. Now, it could get to the offseason. And if the Rockets knew that Westbrook was going to agree to a buyout and Wall wasn't, you probably just do that swap for the sake of maybe saving yourself a couple million dollars and uh, opening up a roster spot for Houston. But I think that's the least interesting thing that the Lakers can do, because if you're them and you want to be competitive right now, you want to spend those two first. You want to use them. Not using them is you know building for the future. And you have LeBron and Anthony Davis now. And Westbrook is where all your cap space is. So if you trade him for Westbrook, then you have those picks, but you don't have the cap space to go get anybody back because you need to equal out the money in a trade. If the Lakers trade Westbrook, give up multiple firsts to get off the last year of his contract, or maybe it wouldn't even cost that much to a team that wouldn't have to send them guaranteed salary back. And maybe it needs to be a three-team trade to make that work. And if they can move off of Taylor Horton Tucker, who is probably a negative contract, but it's not so negative that it's unworkably bad and you can't get it off the team, the Lakers could open up a max slot. And if the Lakers had an open max slot, all of a sudden, Bradley Beal would think about there. All of a sudden, DeAndre Ayton would think about there if he hits free agency. So that would be one possibility. He goes to a team like the Magic and they try to open up cap space and make that work, whether it be in a two-team or three-team trade. Or if the Knicks keep collapsing and Julius Randle continues to play poorly, although he's played better recently and the Knicks just want to blow it up and get rid of Thibodeau and do their whole thing and 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 work around the young core that they've built which is not bad the Lakers could offer the Knicks an out of that Julius Randle contract for Westbrook and I'm not saying that Randle is Westbrook but 
if the Knicks didn't want him long term, they'd be much better off trading for Westbrook and then buying out uh, his contract and maybe even taking on an extra first. It'd be something to think about. My prediction, John Wall trade's probably the most likely to happen, but there's a lot of interesting options with him. Um, how realistic they are depends completely on how the season ends. I don't. I have no idea whether or not Randall is on the move. I have no idea whether or not the Lakers are going to offer those future first. They might just say, you know, we don't want to try to go desperation mode and send away even more of our future when we've already sent away so much. Um, but I do think Westbrook will be on another team. Even if so, my prediction will be the Rockets, but those are some other options. And those are my free agent predictions. If you guys like this video, make sure to like, comment, subscribe, all the stuff you're supposed to do on YouTube videos, and I'll catch you all next time.